Amen. Well, I'm going to share with you tonight. Um, I had something else I was going to speak about tonight, but then uh, the Lord just changed uh, my heart and what I wanted to speak about. And as I was uh, getting ready to speak, I was like, Lord, I know I just spoke on this not too long ago, but God's still working in me. So I can only preach or I can only share. I don't really call what I do preaching, but I can only share with you what God's doing in me. And so God's been working in me in an area that I just have to, to speak about again. So I testified about this on Thursday night, but for the last couple of weeks, uh, I've been struggling with sleeping at night. And I'm not, I don't struggle sleeping, if you know me. Rodney, Rodney and them know me. I can literally fall asleep with a cup of coffee in my hand. I can lay down on the ground. And the boys used to make fun of me because I'd say, guys, just give me two minutes of silence and I will be asleep. And they, they said, it's no joke. If I lay down on the ground, two minutes of silence, I will be out, and I have an eternal alarm clock that will wake me up in 15 minutes when break is over. But I do not have a problem sleeping at night. I am a, I am a very deep sleeper, but over the last couple of weeks, I feel like it's just been the attack of the enemy trying to keep me from uh, having a peaceful rest at nighttime. And I believe that it was just, uh, I hope tonight I'm just an encouragement to you, to somebody in here tonight, to uh, don't let that attack run your life because the attacks of the enemy will come but the joy of the Lord will come in the morning so anyway over the last couple weeks I've been struggling terrible awful to sleep the, the enemy was waking me up and I and I do not exaggerate when I say this at 226 every single morning and he woke me up and he, he was in, discouraging me in who I am and who I am as a as a um, I guess now I could say as a business owner, which is kind of weird to say. But I know how to frame very well. And I don't, I don't say that bragging, braggingly, but I know how to frame a house. I can do just about anything except for a set of stairs, which the pastor's going to teach me hopefully soon. <laughs> but I, I feel very confident in it. When I've worked for other people, I have no problem going out and framing. I've never uh, approached a thing that I'm like, I don't know how to do this. But over the last couple of weeks, the enemy's just been waking me up at night and saying, you have no idea what you're doing. And this anxiety has come over me, and it's been making me very uh, sick to my stomach and not being able to function the way I should. And I just believe that the Lord's been coming to me and just saying, trust in me. Just trust in me. We have nothing else to trust in but the Lord. And I know I said this already, but I know I've spoke about this, if not since we've been here, but not too long ago. But I just know that I need to know tonight to continue to trust in God. And we need a reminder of that. And I couldn't tonight... Not speak to a, a, a better group of people who understand what it means to trust in God. To pick up everything we know and to move across the country, there's no better or bigger step of faith. There's no bigger commitment to trust in who God is than to do what we've done. But I want us to understand something tonight, and I need to understand this tonight, that our steps of faith, our trust, is not just a one-time commitment to God saying, I trust in you in this one instance. But it's a, a commitment that we make every day when we wake up to say, Lord, I trust in you. And I know we've all went around and we've shared with people the testimony of how we've all moved together and how we've stepped in faith. And maybe you've got the same reaction, but I've had a lot of people say, well, that's neat. That's really neat. And really, that's how they feel about it. Because that is neat. Because they don't understand what it means to trust God. When you understand what it means to trust God, it's more than neat. It's a life. It's something that you just do. 
I was thinking about this, and you probably never went to a funeral and said, and they talked about the person who passed away and said, man, the, I remember it was just this one time in their whole life they trusted God. But they talked about him in a way that they trusted God in everything that they did. And I know and I hope that that's what they say about us when we pass away, is that we trusted in God more than just once. I don't even know why I'm crying. But that's what I do, so. But I hope that they say that they trusted in God enough to move across the country. And when they got there, they trusted God enough to follow him every day. My notes are all messed up, so you're so. This, this, this life is a daily trust of trusting in Jesus. I want to read a, a couple of scriptures to you in the book of Mark. And you all know I'm not going to go longer than eight to ten minutes, so hang on for the ride. we got six to go. But I want, to, I want to read this story in Mark, and these are all just something uh, stories you've all have heard, but a couple things that caught my attention when I was reading in Mark, the fifth chapter. And starting in verse 22. And it says, And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And he besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay hands on her, that she may be healed, and that she may live. I want to skip over to verse 35. Because in between those two verses, we have the woman who had the faith to reach out and touch just the clothes of Jesus as he walked by. But starting in verse 35, we pick up where Jairus' story goes. And so it says, while Jesus yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's home uh, certain which said, thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus has heard the words that were spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid but only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and he saw or seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he said unto them, Why, why make this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but she sleeps. And I want to read this first part of verse 40. And it says, they laughed at him to scorn. I wonder how many times God said something to us. When God said, there's a promise that I'm going to keep. When God said he was going to do something, and all we could do was laugh. When all I could do was laugh. Do we believe that God is in control, or do we not? For there's only one thing the scripture says, you're either for me or against me. You either believe Jesus or you don't. There is no middle ground. Because if you stand in the middle, then you don't believe. There is only trusting Jesus wholeheartedly. Pastor said this morning, read the scripture, I will not leave you orphans. I'm not leave you or forsake you is what the scripture says. And God's not willing that we suffer, but he wants us to trust him. 
God blesses, but he wants us to have faith in him. God is working something in us to trust in him more and more. The steps of faith that we have all taken, the steps of trust that we have taken, but God's not finished. We haven't reached a pinnacle of our faith in Christ. We haven't reached a place where we no longer need to trust in God. God hasn't brought us to Oklahoma so that we can go back to relying upon ourselves to be the providers of our homes. God hasn't brought us here so that we can rely on ourselves to do the things that need to be done for us to make it. But God has called us here to just like he had called us to Anderson to trust in him. So I encourage you tonight, don't let the enemy beat you down. Don't let the enemy tell you what you know God, or the opposite of what you know God has spoken into your life. Continue to trust in Jesus. Continue to trust in the Lord for there's nothing else but trusting in him. In Mark, the eighth chapter, I want to read a couple scriptures And Pastor, again, touched on this this morning. Mark, the 8th chapter, starting in verse 29. And he said unto them, But who say ye that I am? And Peter answered and said unto him, Thou art the Christ. And he charged them that they should tell no man. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and of the scribes and to be killed, and after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly, and Peter took him and began to rebuke him. And we're in verse 33. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. Get thee behind me, Satan. Pretty powerful words, right? Pastor said this morning, I don't like to be called Satan. And a lot of times at work, we'll, we'll yell, Satan, I hate you. And I just look over the kids, hoping to Hayden and Cooper, and hope they're not talking to me. But it is, it is our moments of unbelief in trusting what God has said that God looks back at us and says, get thee behind me, Satan. If we don't trust God in what he said, we're no better than Peter when Peter stands there and the Lord looks upon him and says, Get thee behind me, Satan. For thou only see the things of man, but you don't see the things of God. And I love this, and we've sang it, and I know I've, I know I've said it before, but I love the song about even though when I can't see it, he's working. Because God is working behind the scenes for the glory of his kingdom. And we get to be a part of it. All we have to do is trust in him. All we have to do is follow after him. When we reject God's word spoken to us, we're as good as Satan. I said that already, so we'll go to the next line. But when we don't trust him, we find ourselves denying the Lord. And when the rooster is done crowing, we find ourselves sad and ashamed that we didn't believe on God's word. God has called us to trust in him in everything we do. Much of the church today says that they trust Christ. But trust in Christ means not relying on ourselves. And a lot of people rely upon themselves. I, wanna, I just want to be this encouragement to us tonight that the enemy is going to come against you if he's not already to try to tell you don't trust in what God's already told you is going to happen. 
Don't trust in the promises that God has spoken into your life. We don't need a precious promise to read every morning because we have the promises that Jesus will not leave us or forsake us. We have the promise that God will not leave us orphans, that God will be with us wherever we go, that if we draw nigh unto him, that he'll draw nigh unto us. We have those promises of God. Don't let the enemy talk you out of them. Blessings come and blessings go. Kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall. But what lasts forever is the word of God inside of our hearts. just want to finish reading a few more scriptures here in the book of Mark, the 8th chapter, and starting in verse 35, actually 34. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and for the gospel's sake, the same shall save it. Uh, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? We have nothing to gain by living in this world trying to be the masters of our own destinies. We have nothing to gain. But we have everything to lose if we do not trust 100% of the time, 100% of our heart, trust that Jesus knows better than we do. Our testimony is not that we moved from California to Oklahoma. Our testimony is that we trust Christ in all that we do. Our testimony is is that Jesus is the Savior of our lives and that we follow him with every decision that we make, that we seek guidance from those who we know are hearing from the words of God. That is our testimony. Because otherwise, everything that we've done is just neat. It's just neat. Because all those people that we've testified to about our move have heard it. And they thought, that was, that's, that's just amazing. That's awesome. But what moves people to follow after Christ is to see us in the midst of our crisis following after Jesus. In the midst of our trials, following and trusting that God's going to bring us through. What, bring, what testifies to people's lives to come and follow Jesus themselves is to see a group of people who does not waver in their faith, who does not waver in their trust of who God is. That is what God has called us here for. To show people what real trust in Christ is, and to share the gospel as wholeheartedly as we can. People will scoff us. People will ridicule us for what we've done, but they do not know what it means to trust in Jesus like you do. Trust in God with all thy heart and lean not on thy own understanding. For we can do nothing, Pastor just said it before church, we can do nothing without him. We can't even breathe without Jesus. And I don't understand why God takes us through the things he does. I don't understand why we go through the trials that we do. I don't understand why everything that happens, happens. But I know that no matter what, when we trust in God, when we follow after him and trust him with our whole hearts, that we always come out the other side saying, you knew better, Jesus. You knew better than I did. And so I encourage you tonight just to trust every day. Don't be satisfied with the one time you trusted God. But be satisfied when you've trusted God every single day for the rest of your life. Amen.